The Sunken City, read by Medora Kay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sunken City. There was once, we are told, a fine tract of land where now roll the waves of the Zundar Sea. On the very spot where now the fishermen anchor their boats and fish. There stood a beautiful city that was protected from the sea by great dikes. The name of the city was Stavarin, and the people who lived there were very wealthy. Some of them were so wealthy that they laid their great halls and floors of gold and silver. But in spite of their wealth, they were selfish, thoughtless, and hard-hearted. For the poor people, they cared nothing. The richest person among them was a maiden lady. She had palaces, farms, ships, and counting houses, everything that one could desire. But she thought nothing except how she might increase her store. With this in mind, she one day summoned the captain of her largest vessel. When she came, she bade him to sail away to procure a cargo of the most precious things of earth and to return within the year. Not knowing exactly what she wished, the captain questioned her, but she simply repeated her order and sent him away at once. The captain set sail from Stavarin without knowing where he was going. After leaving the harbor, he called his officers together and asked their advice. Each had a different opinion as to what were the most precious things of earth. The captain was plunged to, into greater trouble than ever. He thought over the question for many hour, long hours, smoked his pipe, and scratching his head. At last, he said to himself that nothing could be more precious than wheat, which is staff of life. Accordingly, he purchased a cargo of grain and returned happily to his native town, arriving long before the year had passed. The haughty lady had, in the meantime, told her friends that her vassal had gone in search of the most precious thing of earth, and she would not tell her closest friend what the most precious thing might be. So everybody was very curious. When one day her captain appeared suddenly before her and told her he had brought the cargo of wheat, her pride vanished. She flew into a terrible rage and commanded that every colonel be cast into the sea at once. The captain was shocked at this order and pleaded with her allow him to give the wheat to the poor. She repeated her command. I will come down to the port myself, she said, to make sure that every colonel is cast into the sea. The captain made his way sadly back to his vessel. As she did as he did so, he met several beggars on the way and told them that the cargo of wheat was to be cast into the sea. By the time the lady reached the dock, the poor had gathered there from all parts of the city, hoping to secure some of the grain. When the lady approached, many imploring hands were extended towards her, but all was in vain. Angry and proud, she made the sailors cast all the wheat into the sea. The captain, powerless to prevent the sinful waste, took it on in quite a rage. When the last colonel was disappeared beneath the water, he turned to his haughty mistress. As surely as there is 
a God above us, he exclaimed. You will be punished for this sin, and the time will come when you, the wealthiest person in Stavaren, will long for a few handfuls of this wasted wheat. The lady listened to his words in haughty silence. When she had finished, she took a costly ring from her delicate hand and cast it into the sea. When this ring comes back to me, she said, I will believe what you say and fear that I may come to want. A few hours after the lady's cook was preparing dinner for her, she was opening a large fish which had just been brought from the sea. When to his surprise, he fell up, his eyes fell upon the costly ring. He immediately sent it to his proud mistress. When she recognized it, she turned very pale. Shortly afterward, there came a report that one of her counting houses had been ruined. Another report of disaster came. That evening, all her counting houses were ruined. Her fleet had been destroyed at sea. Her palaces were burning. Her farms were laid waste by storms. In a few hours, everything that she possessed was stripped from her. The palace which she lived in burned down during the night, and she barely escaped with her life. Now she was desolate indeed. The rich people of the city cared nothing for her now that her money was all gone. The poor people for whom she had treated contempt allowed her to die of hunger and cold in a miserable shed. The city of Stavarin did not profit by the sad end of the haughty lady. The rich people continued to enjoy life and neglect the poor. It did not matter to them what happened to their wretched fellow creatures. They, like the haughty lady, were truly selfish. As time went on, the sand began to increase in the port, so that it was soon impossible for ships to come to anchor. It grew worse and worse. The waves washed the sand up until a great sandbar rose above the waters, and all further commence was stopped. It was not very long before the sandbank was covered with little green blades. The people gazed upon them in surprise. It is the lady's sand, they declared, for it is the wheat that she had cast into the sea. It is growing here. The wheat grew very rapidly and bore no fruit. It did not matter to the rich, even if traffic had ceased. They did not suffer. The poor, however, were greatly distressed, for they now had nothing to do. They besought help from the rich, but their prayers fell upon deaf ears. Not long after, a little leak was discovered in the dike, which protected the city. Through this he, water crept into the city, reservoir spoiling all the drinking water. The rich people only laughed, saying that they would drink champagne since water had not to be had. But what were the poor to do? They crowded around the gates of the rich, imploring for a sup of beer, but were rudely driven away. It would be a good thing, said the rich, if these wretched creatures should actually die. Of what use are they to themselves or anyone else? The rich of Stavarin had, had their last chance to do good. That very same night, when the revealers had returned to sleep, and the sea broke down, and the weakened dikes bursting in covered up the whole town. 
over the spot where Stavrin once stood, the waves now glittered in the bright sunlight, or plunge and dash when the cold had come sweeping from the sea. Boatmen come rowing from their desolate little fishing town, which now bears the name of the ancient city. When the waters are smoothed, they rest upon their oars and point out beneath them the spires and the turrets and the palaces of Stavron. The streets of the old town, as it lies beneath the waves, once so populous, are deserted. The market is empty. No sound is to be heard except when some inquiring fish swimming through the belfries strikes one of the bells with its tail. Then there is heard a sad sound which seems to be toiling the knell of the sunken city.